Welcome to the Beyond the Pulpit podcast. Uh, my name is Reverend Brandon Dirks, and I'm the minister of adult small groups and men's ministry at Christ Church. And um, this is my first time doing a podcast, so forgive me if I step on my tongue a few times. And But today we're here with the Reverend George Burke, uh, who is a co-pastor at uh, Coke Memorial United Methodist Church. And we're gonna we're here to talk a little bit about manhood, but um, I want to tell you a little bit about George first, and then um, uh, then we'll get into this in just a little bit. But he is the co-pastor at Coke Memorial, like I said, with his wife Shirley, uh, and they hold the proud distinction of being the first African American clergy couple to serve a United Methodist Church in the Louisville area. And I met George, um, oh, was it a year or two ago? Uh, when you invited me over to preach at your church, uh, which is an amazing experience. You have an amazing church. Uh, and I got to know you a little bit, and you are just an amazing man. And and uh, I wanted to be more in ministry with you and introduce you to the people in our church. And I thought this would be a great platform to do that. So um, I noticed you have a particular passion for marriage ministry as well as men's ministry. So, George, as we get started, I'd love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit. H- how is it that you became a minister or decided to become a minister? My decision to become a minister uh, evolved over a, a relationship that I had with a couple in uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. I was in the military uh, being a soldier and I was kind of confused about life and lost. And a gentleman came by with a bus ministry. His name was Chester Hinkle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a seminary student. And uh, he came in and he shared Christ with me. And it took a while for it to kind of catch on. But eventually I came to know Christ. My wife came to know Christ. And then he and his wife discipled us for an entire year. Uh, I need to let you know that at that time, uh, my state of confusion was that um, the enemy was a white race. Mm. And, you know, and I needed to do something to level the playing field. So I went into my private space with the Bible and tried to learn some things to try to level the field. But God would not reveal himself to me with the attitude that I had at that time. So he sends Chet over, who is a white person, to minister to me, and I was frozen by his countenance. I was frozen by his attitude, which I later found to be the Spirit of God was all over him, and I just couldn't turn him away. Wow, what was that uh, first meeting like? You had such antipathy towards the white race, and a white man comes to your door? Right. And what was that like? It was was, uh, intimidating, and I had so many things going through my head, but... The presence of God in him is what froze me. I tried to run from him several times. I told my wife, I'm going to wash my car. If he comes here, tell him I'm not here. I did everything I could to avoid him, but it just didn't happen. And at the church he belonged to, when they come to your home, uh, they didn't believe in talking to the woman first. So he would talk to me. And he would have me reading scriptures over and over again. And in my mind, I'm saying, I can't wait until this guy leaves my home. But still, the word was going in slowly but surely. And over a period of time, uh, I came home one day, and my wife was laughing and crying at the same time. And I was getting jealous. I was getting upset because I didn't understand what was going on. And she said, do you feel that? And I'm like, what are you feeling? And it was the presence of God. She had gotten saved right there in front of my eyes. And then like three minutes later, I felt the presence of God 
asked me a question in my heart and said, what do you want to do? And I gave up. I, I surrendered right there. And I felt a peace. I felt, you know, even though I didn't understand what was happening at the time, when I read the scriptures, it's let me know that my sins were being forgiven. I was being cleansed in my heart, and I was becoming a new creation at that time. Wow. That's uh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It, your wife kind of overheard these yes. conversations from, like, a another room or something. Yes. And, and that's how she found the Lord, too? Yes. She found the Lord with, uh, listening in. Uh, and uh, and then when I, we talked about it, and she told me what happened to her, and then we looked at the scriptures together and found out the process. And I said, well, we've both been born again. And we were, like, three minutes apart. Wow. Born. So uh, – Chester was a, uh, or Chet, you call yeah. him, it, was a big influence in your life. How long did yes, you yeah. meet with him? Uh, we met with him for a whole year. Uh, he was a seminary student, and she was a school teacher in Louisville. And whenever he completed a course, he would give us his books. Oh. And so we were studying books as baby Christians, getting into theology and <laughs> every kind of thing that could be offered. We were getting all of that, and we had dinner every Sunday after church with him. They would come by our home every Sunday for a whole year, discipled us. Wow. Do you know what, uh, do you stay in touch with Chester or Chad? And is, uh, I, do you know where he is? I couldn't find him. I got on the internet. I searched for him. I searched for his wife, Carol. And I, I hope they're not deceased, but I, we were unable to find him. Wow. Couldn't find him. I got pictures of him and everything, wow. but couldn't find him. Maybe one day, one, at least one day in the in the in the kingdom of heaven, you'll you'll reunite. I'm sure with him. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe through something like this, he'll hear you. That would again. be something. He'll be so proud. Yeah, well, that would be great if I well, could see. I'm very excited to get to know you too, and um, to grow in this relationship. Um, you have a particular interest in and passion for mm-hmm. men's ministry and and for manhood. Uh, yeah. I think you have a ministry called maximize manhood can you that, tell me more about that that's true that's true uh our maximize manhood ministry came out of the influence of uh the kindred brothers who make a lot of movies lately and also um the book kingdom man uh by tony evans and when i read that book it really uh confirmed or hit the nail on the head about the issues that we face in our nation right now the nation is in trouble and Kentucky is more so in trouble. Oh, really? For, yeah, for, for one of the reasons, for several reasons. One, uh, we're leading the nation in opiate opioid addictions. Mm-hmm. We're leading the nation in child abuse, and some of the favorite things that we have in our city are bourbon, mm-hmm. horse races, and uh, fried chicken. Yeah. And I think any one of those can take you over the edge. <laughs> yeah. you know well, I know the fried chicken. <laughs> And so, you know, those things. And then we have a lot of people who are uh, getting divorced. And the last I looked at, the divorce rate uh, is higher in the church than it is in the world. And so we have a lot of men who have have been negligent, men who have not understood their roles, who are really off course. And some have even been abusive. Mm. And that shows in the city for the homelessness that we have. Uh, The home of the innocents is full. I mean, we got a lot of critical things happening right now, and we really need men to occupy their roles as God ordained from the very beginning, which is what we got away from. I see. Um, so 
when you work with men or how, how do you work with men in helping them to kind of reclaim those rules? What do you do at Coke to, to, to do that? Well, at Coke, uh, our men's ministry meets uh, every other month, uh, and we, we meet for the full month. And then we have maybe a movie or activity in another month. And we get together and we study scriptures. We have studied the book Kingdom Man. Uh, we watch movies by the Kendrick uh, brothers. And then I personally uh, disciple some of the men in our church. Personally disciple. Wow, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Well, that's kind of spending time kicking it together, just having conversations over coffee or maybe having a pizza or, you know, maybe going to the home and uh, answering questions that they may have and just making myself available uh, to them as much as possible. Kind of what, kind of like what old Chester did for you. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Chester, he, he, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just that's a it. life on life kind of thing and letting their lives rub off on you and your life rub off on them and. Uh, wow. I, I heard somebody one time tell me that discipleship is the the best def- definition of discipleship is two flawed dudes helping each other live more like Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, that sounds exactly like it. Right. Uh, and when you said that, that was an epiphany moment for me. When oh, you yeah. said that, I look back over my life and I see that Chet, they loved us. They spent time with us. They sacrificed for us. And then that just went right into my heart. Mm-hmm. And now I find myself doing the same thing that he did with us that him sounds and like his a, wife. that's a paul and timothy kind of it, relationship it and, is and then timothy turned it on and did the same thing for his disciples as yes well. that's pretty absolutely amazing. so you talk about this thing about the kingdom man and and <clears throat> that we're sorely uh hurting for that in our mm. churches and our communities and our businesses and and such mm. what what is how would you know a kingdom man if you saw one I would say a kingdom man is a person who has received Christ as his Lord and Savior and has made a decision to follow the scriptures and living out their lives and listening to the Holy Spirit, who is the originator and, you know, the keeper of everything that we are. And once a person identifies uh, who God is and who they are and then submit to the Spirit of God, then God can work through us to make a difference in every aspect of our lives. That's fatherhood. That's being in church because church is another place. You can visit just about any church in the nation, and you're going to find that it's 75% women most of the time. And the men are kind of laid back and, you know, (laughs) dysfunctional at times. (laughs) Uh, And so I think that about sums it up there for me. So so a kingdom man has uh, allowed the Spirit of God to kind of really just penetrate the heart and— um, they've surrendered their life to that. What does that look like in the everyday life? Like, what, what, is, what effect does that have on a marriage? What does that effect does that have on business? What does effect does that have, you know, fatherhood and, and things like that? Being kingdom man, what difference would that make in a, in a, in a man's life? I think it makes a tremendous difference in that uh, the Scripture tells us specifically as a husband to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. And also tells us to raise our children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And also tells us to be fair in our business dealings. And so when the Holy Spirit is in charge of our lives and we govern ourselves according to Scripture, we see Jesus' life being relived out through us. And we become more uh, 
as the scripture says, fruitful to be filled with the spirit where a man can really love his daughter or his son. And then you have the joy of the Lord. You have peace and you have self-control and you have wisdom. And all these things are being poured into us by God because we open our hearts and allow him to come in. And once that happens, when you see a man like that, one good story I saw, it was a man came in the post office. I retired from the post office, by the way. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> About three or four years ago. But this man was in line, and there's a lady in front of him. So she comes up to the window, and I, I have some paperwork for her to fill out. So I said, ma'am, just step over there and fill your papers out and then come back to me. So she came back while this other man was coming forward, and he said, wait a minute, I'm next. And I said, sir, I sent her over there to fill out some paperwork, and she's supposed to come back to me. But I do appreciate you standing up for your rights and speaking that instead of being passive and standing back and letting it happen. And a lot of times, you know, men will be passive and let things go, uh, or they won't step up and, and own up to the situation. But that man did, and I honored him for that. And I told him I appreciated him being a man doing that. Yeah, I, that is amazing. I guess the first thing I think of when I hear that is some men step over the line when they step up sometimes. I, you know, this kingdom man has got this really delicate balance to walk, it sounds like. Mm. I, and it's got probably very hard to learn. Uh-huh. Well, the thing about it is Jesus was the perfect man. And when you see him acting in the scriptures, for example, when he came in and saw the injustice that was happening in the temple and he put a cord together and he turned the tables over, the money fell on the ground, he chased the animals out, and then he told them to carry the birds out. They carried them out. Now you say, well, he was angry and he was upset at the way they were treating God's house. But the way he handled it in his anger, they lost nothing. Because hmm. if he had a, did the birds, they would have flew away. They couldn't get them back. They could pick up the coins and they could regather the animals. And so we have to learn how to manage that self-control, to be able to manage our anger. And a lot of times that's one uh, behavior that a lot of men get away with. And it's, it's almost like it's okay if you get mad and you punch a hole in the wall or you knock over a lamp in your anger. But that's not acceptable in the kingdom of God. You know, we have to be careful how we manage our emotions. And a kingdom man has control over his emotions. Wow. I could, I could use some more of that, I think. <laughs> um, you were mentioning to me a while back, and I, I think it would be really interesting for our listeners. Uh, you you uh, mentioned some obstacles that are in the way, three obstacles that are in the way for men becoming kingdom men. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are those three obstacles, and, and why are they just so powerful in a, in a man's life? Well, uh, the enemy of our souls, he cannot create anything. So what he does, he duplicates what God has already done, and then he perverts it. And so the biggest struggle uh, among men that I see now is one is power, two is money, and three is sex. Uh, those are three gifts from God. Power is a wonderful thing when it's managed properly. Money is wonderful when you don't let it control you. God does not mind us having money, but he does mind money having us. And then sex is another area where that has been so perverted and so twisted that it has acted like kryptonite on a lot of men. <laughs> and so, uh, so it distorts their thinking, and it takes them out of alignment with God's will, and then you cause all kinds of problems in society. 
Wow. Um, so you're going to help us with that when you come and speak to the speak to our men next month. Is that right? Hopefully, I'm going <laughs> to share some things that's going to be encouraging, that's going to be helpful, to be supportive, and put things in perspective that men will have a desire and an appetite to be godly. And to really let God use them. Because when God uses a man, the whole family kind of lines up. Uh, there was a preacher that uh, he preached a sermon once. And it was a real rough sermon about being a man. And it was a guy on the front row. Uh, he came down weeping. And the preacher embraced him. Uh, they, they baptized him. And they gave him one tape and let him go. Well, the guy come back six months later. Now, I'm not encouraging nobody to stay away from church for six months. But he came back six months later, and the preacher said, where, where have you been? What's been going on since you got baptized? He said, well, when I, when I was here last time, my wife and I were split up, and I didn't know where my kids are. And it took me six months to get them here. They're all in the front row. Oh, man. So a lot of women will obey God and go to church and do those things. But when the man steps up and takes charge— and listens to God and leads his family, you get the whole family wow. to come in. Can you imagine a, a church full, a community full of men that are that committed to their faith, that committed to their family, that committed to obeying God? What a difference that could make in our world. Tremendous difference. Man. Tremendous difference. Because I have discovered uh, through doing some research that 71% of the, of, the, of the people in prison came from fatherless homes. 71%. 71%. Uh, and 70%, I got it right here. Let me look at this. 70%, uh, 71%, I'm sorry, of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Mm. And then 63% of all teen suicides occur in homes where the father either was abusive or absent. Uh, no wonder I can tell your passion uh, for men's mm. ministry could literally transform the world. That's right. That's right. If it's going to be a revival, it needs to come from the men. We need to start doing some things to line up with God. Well, brother, we'll, I'm hand in hand with you on that. We'll work together on that. I'd like right. to thank you for coming um, mm. by today and recording this podcast. I hope uh, as people listen to you and uh, they're as blessed as I have been uh, in this just short time that I've gotten to, to know you and look forward to years of working with you. So thank, um, you, so thank you for listening to today's podcast. Um, remember that God loves you exactly as you are, and, and but he also loves you so much he won't leave you that way. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Reverend George Burke from Coke Memorial United Methodist Church. He's going to be here uh, in January the 12th for our Men's Meet and Meet. And uh, we call that Meet and Meet because we want all our men to gather together uh, to meet each other. But also it's M-E-A-T, and we are going to have uh, quite a spread uh, prepared for us from Pepperwood um, Catering. And um, he's going to be speaking to us. George is going to be speaking to us on what it means to be a kingdom man and how can we become one, especially as we deal with these three key obstacles, money, power, and sex. I hope to see you there. Thank you.